Hey, you're listening to When Bad Things Happen to Good People. It's a podcast. It's about censorship and the arts. Why did I say it like that? I'm not sure. Just trying something different. My name is Todd Sullivan. With me is Oren Barter. That's that's this guy right here. And, uh, and today we're talking about the 1985 zombie film Day of the Dead. Not to be confused with Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Very different films. Also not to be confused with, like, the um, the Day of the Dead celebration that happens in uh, Mexico. That's right. different. Right. Very different. Very different. I learned the last few days that if you sit down at, at Google and type in Day of the Dead, that's what it thinks you're talking about, <laughs> not this film. You would have to go Day of the Dead film. Right. And then because there have been, uh, like, remakes A lot of, of this film, right. you really kind of technically need to search for Day of the Dead 1985 <laughs> to really zero in on on this movie. So any future directors and screenplay writers out there, do not name your film after a well-renowned holiday. You will get lost in the Google search engine. You probably will. And also... It's, there's probably going to be copyright issues because there's already a couple of movies with that name that don't want you to use that name unless you're legally remaking that film. Probably. probably. How are you, Oren? I'm tired. I'm tired, too. Yeah. I'm mildly nauseous as well, so that's a fun thing. Uh-oh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a little, little story about what I did this afternoon or this evening. Okay. I, uh... I'm concerned. I was ready to... Re- I was ready to record a podcast earlier, and yeah. uh, and that didn't happen earlier. Right. So I thought, well, I can I can sort of scramble my day up a little bit. Uh, I decided because uh, originally I wasn't going to go and get any beer because I had a bottle of wine here and I thought I can drink wine for the podcast tonight. Uh, and then when it was postponed, I thought, okay, no, I'll go and I'll get some more sours, um, which I'll talk about in a minute. Uh, and then I thought while I was out, uh, I feel like I feel like treating myself to a dessert. So I went to Dairy Queen and I got a blizzard. I ate a blizzard. And then I came home and I played about an hour of uh, a VR with a couple of friends. And I've discovered that eating a bunch of dairy and then playing VR when you're lactose intolerant is maybe not a great combination of things because I got some serious motion sickness in VR. Oh, and no. that's the first time that's ever happened. I, I, I've not been bothered by motion sickness in VR until tonight. But after an hour, I was like, I was dripping sweat. My stomach was like, oh, <laughs> and, no. I, and I spent like the last couple of hours just kind of laying on the sofa, sipping a, 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 some ice water and like trying to just calm my body down. So uh, a little better now. Uh, but my, it's my cautionary tale is to maybe not combine uh, a bunch of dairy and, and VR, especially if you are a bunch the, of dairy, a bunch of alcohol. No, I didn't have then... alcohol until like like oh. twenty minutes ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. Also, Mel Gibson was great in this film. <laughs> uh, oh, hey, maybe that could be maybe that can be a, a, a new uh, merch idea, a T-shirt that says that. <laughs> maybe. Uh, speaking of which, I, I will throw out while, while it came up, we do have, finally now have some um, 
Ban Things merchandise on the blah, blah, blah merch store. I'm going to check this out. I'm going to check this out right now. Yeah, we've got a variety of, of go read a fucking book items, including hats. I really like the hats, actually. I might buy one myself. There's a few t-shirt options. You can get a go read a fucking book throw pillow, because why not? Uh, and you can get sets of go read a fucking book buttons if you want to sort of attach them to your purse or like your jacket or oh, okay. whatever you put buttons on. Blah, 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 media spreadshirt. Go read a fucking book. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. So, um, so that's what I was saying. Yeah. Um, I did get some sours and, uh, I'm once again drinking some of, de- of the dead frog sours. They, these guys are putting out like a, a new sampler pack, like every three or four months. And it's amazing. Um, New sours in every one with uh, the one sort of mainstay is the uh, blackberry sour, which is like an Mm -hmm. 8% beer. Totally delicious. Um, And then like constant new ones. Like I'm I'm drinking a Mighty Mango one right now, which has uh, flavors of fresh mango, a splash of lime, and a hint of mint. Oh, okay. And then uh, next hint. Just a hint. And then next in line is uh, Superberry. Uh, how about you? You got a beverage tonight? Yeah, so um, I have had no time to do or think or anything, let alone buy alcohol. So um, I opened up the fridge and there was a couple of Hey Y'alls in there that um, my girlfriend's brother brought home from work. He cleans uh, rooms at a hotel. And they were there, so he brought them home, and he doesn't like them. And then Nikita tried it, and she didn't like it. So now I'm drinking them. Okay. Um, they were free. I like that about alcohol sometimes. Absolutely. Can't and go wrong. it's cold, and it's in my hand, and I've had a long day. Is it so, sort of the classic uh, lemon iced tea, or is it... No, it's Carolina watermelon hard iced well, tea. I, I know the... Yeah, I know the Carolina... Blah, 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 but I was rude. I burped in the middle of that sentence. That's going to be hard to edit. That out. was that was rude. <laughs> um, How dare you, sir? Is it any good? I don't think I've tried the watermelon one. I think I was diabetic by the time the watermelon right. flavor came along, and those are super sugary. Yeah, so it's, you know, it was free. <laughs> All right, we'll leave it at that. I did um I did realize after I suggested this movie that we probably didn't need to follow up a zombie uh, movie with a zombie movie with a zombie movie with a zombie movie it was sort of bad form on my part No I I kind of like this because the first one was a comedy zombie movie yeah. that was banned and this is a you know a serious a movie that tries to take itself seriously but just comes across so cheesy that it was kind of funny in places well i think you got to remember the era of it too like this was 1985 right oh this um, was so 80s this this yeah. movie just oozed 80s yeah um but what my mindset was is that um uh zach snyder's new zombie movie army of the dead is hitting netflix this weekend oh okay. and so my my mindset was to sort of tie in with that like here's this big new zombie release um his first zombie movie, Dawn of the Dead, was a remake of the second of George Romero's uh, zombie trilogy. Um, so it was all sort of like, that was sort of the, the the synergy I had in mind for 
why we did this. And that's why I didn't make the connection to the fact that we just did a zombie movie. You know what? We don't, we don't need to explain ourselves to anybody. No, no, I know that, but you know, I think, I think like, I think they're just along for the ride. Sure. And if we're going to do, you know what? Maybe we'll just do zombie movies from here on out. Maybe that's when, our thing. When Brian's <laughs> happen to ban people. No, banned people. <laughs> when banned zombie movies happen to yeah. good people. So yeah, this was 1985. It's the it's the third film in George Romero's original zombie trilogy, which is made up of Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, and This Day of the Dead. Um, this is the first time I've seen this movie, in spite of being a guy who was a big horror movie fan in the 80s. Um, just a couple of years ago, I had the opportunity to see uh, Night of the Living Dead in theaters here in Kamloops because it was brought to town by uh, the Kamloops Film Society and the fantastic uh, folks at Drunk in a Graveyard. They are a local podcast here that talks about horror movies, and uh, they brought that to town. I got a chance to see it in the theater with my daughter, and uh, it was interesting to see how she responded to a 19, I think it was like 1968 or 1969 black and white horror wow. film. Wow. It was that old. Yeah, the uh, Night of so the Living So this trilogy Dead. like happened over the course of two decades. Pretty much, I think Dawn of the Dead was like seventy five to seventy eight. I don't remember exactly. Um, and then this is nineteen eighty five. So, um, although apparently, from what I read, this was greenlit pretty much right after Dawn of the Dead, but it was part of a three picture deal. And he elected to make two other films before this, probably just to take a break from the zombie universe. Right. Um, so, yeah, it was cool okay. to finally see this. So, I mean, this was a zombie movie in the 60s. Like, I was I was wondering, like, when I was watching this movie with all the zombies, all those extras doing the zombie walk, we all know the zombie walk. Right, the, yeah. uh, uh, with the, you know, lumbering limbs and, you know, the limp sometimes and... You know, I feel like the direction nowadays is probably pretty easy. It's like, okay, we're going to dress you up in a bunch of weird costumes because this just happens to be how you died. You were wearing this. Zombies don't get changed. So we're going to throw you in some wacky stuff. That's cool. And then you're going to zombie walk, you know, towards the camera here. But what the very first zombie movie, how did they explain to the extras how they were supposed to act? That's like that. I don't know. That just popped into my head. I was like, how do you like now? It's so easy. Just do the zombie walk. Right. But like before, how someone had to invent the zombie walk. Somebody had to invent the zombie walk. Yeah, probably. So Um, like how? Yeah. And I mean, um, you look at it now and there are, you know, sort of at least two different camps in zombie films. You either have the mm -hmm. slow shuffling zombies or you have the fast running zombies. Yeah. Um, I, I imagine like, you know, the original zombie walk was just like. Try to move, but like act like your muscles don't really work because like half of them are rotted away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Like, I guess the classic zombie walk is the arms straight out, right? And the yep. lumber back and forth. Like, it's the arms. Uh, it's the arms straight out because. Or is they, that Frankenstein? Well, there's I don't know. I'm bit. not. I'm not a horror buff. I don't know enough about this stuff. I shouldn't even be. Shouldn't even be doing this. Shouldn't be talking about it. Yeah, get the fuck off this podcast. Get the fuck off this. Um, All right. I mean, I imagine it, it probably, some of it originates with Frankenstein for sure. That's actually a good point I hadn't thought of. But that kind of lumbering arms out walk is definitely, and it's been a long time, and I've only seen uh, Bride of Frankenstein from the 30s, not the original Frankenstein. Okay. Um, 
but I, I seem to recall, and again, this could be one of those misremembered things, um, but I, I seem to recall that motion of, you know, arms outstretched, lumbering around. I know with the zombies, it's because, you know, obviously they're reaching out for for flesh. Yeah. Well, again, yeah. that that depends on the zombie as well. In in Romero zombies, they really don't care about brains as much as just munching on livers and internal organs and <laughs> arm meat, whatever they can get their hands on. They're not that picky. But once they got to the like, speaking of the, the extras, the number of extras, and mm. there's a ton in this uh, of the, ton. Of the zombies yeah. running around. Um. A couple of the weird random ones stood out to me. Like, there was a clown. Yeah, I saw yeah, the clown guy. And it, it just makes you stop and wonder, like, where that came from. Like, did did Romero have, like, a backstory for, like, there was a circus nearby with, when the zombie virus hit and the clown got <laughs> killed? Or was it just, it'd be funny if we had a clown here. Let's do that. Yeah, I think, like, what do you... On like how it felt to me was like they were just playing with this idea of like you're not going to get changed once you're turned. Yeah, right. So there yeah, was the exactly. kid who was wearing his football gear. Right. You know there was there's women dressed in like their their Sunday best. You know the, there was the clown who really stood out. Totally. Yeah, I guess like you just you would just however it happened to you. I guess you do build a story because like that kid was obviously playing a football game when the stadium was rushed with zombies and yeah. then bam, you're a zombie. And I guess but also that makes I sense. I got to ask a question though. I yep. got to ask a question. We're jumping ahead to the to the clowns and I just have to ask this question while I'm thinking about it. Sure. How did all these zombies come about with all their limbs when every time they got one of the characters in the movie, they just ripped them apart. But all the zombies were like whole. Well, so I would say that there's some people that didn't get ripped apart. There were some people that just right. got like chewed on the arm. A lot of people getting their throats chewed out. Mm -hmm. um, getting ripped apart seems to be something that happens as the zombie issue escalates that's something oh, okay. where you're you're on the ground and you're being hit by 10 12 zombies at once and they're they're not they're not good at sharing right um so they're they're trying to they're like that's my organs it's also i think me. from a from a like an effect standpoint uh a really really cool effect that's not that hard to do so they really like doing it, <laughs> right? Because, <laughs> um, yeah, there's a couple of instances of people being pulled apart by zombies, and uh, uh, it's it's fun to watch. But um, let's let's actually talk about what the, the film's about. Okay. Because uh, we are getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Um, so I guess to sort of place this within the trilogy... Mm -hmm. And it's only kind of a, a trilogy in regards to the setting. No characters ever sort of carry forward. Um, the first film, Night of the Living Dead, uh, is sort of the the day of the zombie outbreak happening. And it's very small scale. It's just fixated on this, this group of differing people who kind of hide out in this farmhouse and try to board it up and just sort of stay alive until morning um, with a lot of tension between them. Mm -hmm. um, whereas Dawn of the Dead is a little bit later in the zombie outbreak, uh, a, a bigger budget and a bigger scale. 
you've got a, a basically a group of survivors who uh, hole up in a mall and try to survive there um, before being overrun by zombies and they escape in a helicopter at the end of the movie, taking off for, you know, unknown futures. Uh, and this film opens in a helicopter, which I think obviously is not the same characters, but I think that was meant to kind of reference Tie them the, together. The, the, kind of. Yeah. The last yeah. one ended in a helicopter. This one's picking up in a helicopter and uh, uh, it opens with uh, sort of three, I think there were three people, four people in the helicopter mm-hmm. flying around Florida, uh, just looking for spots where survivors might be. Uh, they touch down. Um, a couple of them get out of the vehicle or get out of the helicopter and start calling for Hello. Uh, any survivors that might be there. Is anybody out there? Yeah. Hello. And uh, it attracts some zombies and just zombies. And so they're like, okay, we're moving on. Uh, and they fly back to uh, where they're hanging out, which is they're stationed or, or they're hiding out in uh, kind of an underground missile silo. And there's... There's military people down there, there's scientists down there, and there's civilians down there. And there's Dr. Frankenstein down there. And there's Dr. Frankenstein. And nobody's really getting along. No. Um, The scientists are kind of busy doing their own thing. The army guys are mad at the scientists because they're not letting them just shoot up all the zombies. And the civilians are just trying to, like, stay out of shit. Yeah. Not get stuck in the middle. And uh, so the... The as you said, Doctor Frankenstein, the sort of lead scientist, has started trying to f- test to see if there's a way to condition zombies to be docile, or you know, to to get rid of the part of their brain that makes them want to feed. Mm-hmm. Because he's come to the conclusion that the outbreak has now gotten to the point where. It's just not realistic to try to kill all of the zombies that are out there because they're outnumbered by, I can't remember what he said, but it's something like 10,000 to one by his estimations. Yeah. And that kind of makes sense, right? That like at a certain point, you just got to say, okay, uh, we're not going to kill these guys. Um, We can either live with them, which probably not going to work, or we can try to figure out how to like, but even his plan, which seems to involve like, zapping getting rid of parts of their brain i don't see how you could do that on a on a mass production level right you gotta yeah i mean it would be way easier just like learn how to make more bullets right but i also think and and this is one of those things where i think you know it depends on what the um the mythology of a particular zombie story is but it seems like you could wait them out and it wouldn't take that that long. Like if they are dead and if they are actively mm-hmm. decaying, like eventually there's going to be enough rot on them that they can't move around anymore. <laughs> right. Right. It's well, become fertilizer. Well, that's and it. And you get zombie plants. Right. And at that point, even if even if you're in a situation like on The Walking Dead, where everyone has the zombie virus already, and you will become one as soon as you die, regardless of how you die, mm-hmm. at a certain point. You've dealt with the majority of the zombies, and now you've got people left. Well, as soon as somebody dies, you just shoot them in the head to make sure they don't turn into a zombie. And then bury them. And and the population is now so low that 
the odds of getting to that massive outbreak stage again is really slim because there just aren't enough people left for that to happen. But zombies, like, there's just there's always this thing with zombies is how they they just live forever. It seems like, like twenty years later in an up like in a zombie epidemic, they're still spry. They're still going after organs somehow. Yeah, like the science just really isn't there in the zombie genre. No, for how these things just keep on going. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you ain't the Energizer Bunny. You just a rotting and that corpse. is, and it's it's my fault for being an overthinker. But that is one of the things that bugs <laughs> me about zombie stories and. You know, I look at The Walking Dead, which I think does a lot of things right as far as trying to be somewhat, I don't know, somewhat connected to the science. You know, you know, they have, you know, you can kill a zombie by shooting it in the head or stabbing it in the head or whatever. Mm -hmm. But the more I think about it, the more it's like, okay, so they're like people can get shot in the head and survive, right? Mm -hmm. There's there must be a part of the brain in the zombie that is allowing it to continue moving around. Not, not just any part of the brain. Like there is a part there that's in charge. Mm -hmm. And if you stab the wrong part of the brain, it really shouldn't die. But in the walking dead, it doesn't matter. You can just fucking stab it here, stab it there, stab it upside <laughs> down. And, and it, it kills them. And it's, it's a little bit frustrating, but you know, this is why I'm not allowed to talk about. We should write, culture. we should write a scientifically, accurate zombie movie right like here's another thing in um in day of the dead zombies get shot blood comes gushing out of them why would that happen their heart's not beating there's no circulation yeah i didn't even think about that it should like if it's going to do anything it's going to trickle out very slowly as kind of like a oozy oozy congealy kind of thing yeah like a big old clot so, but, uh, you know, but Dr. Frankenstein even talked about that in the movie. He's like, he's like, none of their organs work. They can still survive. Like they can still move without any of their organs. Yeah. They don't need a heart. They don't need a liver. They don't need a stomach. He's like, so they're hungry, but they have no means of sustenance. Yeah. It's just a primal urge to eat. Exactly. And then, yeah. Which actually reminds me, uh, going to go off on a little bit of a tangent here. Um, there's a, uh, there was, is, whichever, a Marvel comic called Marvel Zombies. Mm -hmm. And it was set in an alternate Marvel universe where there was a zombie outbreak and whole bunches of Marvel characters became zombies. Uh, it kind of eventually went off the rails where, like, um, the Marvel, like, most of the Marvel heroes had consumed most of the world. And so they started, like traveling to other dimensions to eat the superheroes in that world. And I think at one point they managed to fly into space to like eat Galactus and then get Galactus's powers. And just, anyway, <laughs> early on before it went off the rails, there was this really funny moment where um, uh, Bruce Banner, the Hulk was trying. Oh, that's who that is. Trying not to turn into the Hulk. Um, and the Hulk, the, the Hulk rage was being triggered by his uncontrollable hunger. And he had figured out that because uh, he doesn't really have any working organs to like process his food, and he mm -hmm. had this massive wound in his stomach, that he could like like re reach into his stomach and pull out what he just ate and ate it again <laughs> and satisfy his hunger. And just <laughs> oh, keep doing that's that. Oh, so gross. Yeah, it was, it's pretty messed up. 
<laughs> but I feel hell, like man? knowing what we know about even the Romero zombies, it, 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 that they're driven to eat, that is something that they could do and would work is they could just pull this stuff out. Anyway, but they're not smart enough to do that. Although, yeah, we do learn that zombies are maybe capable of learning things and maybe capable of, of uh, operating firearms, accessing memories. Right. Because there's a character in this film named Bub, who is a zombie, that uh, Dr. Frankenstein, that's not actually his name, but I, I don't I don't have his that's name. That's what everybody called him. That's what everybody him. called him. And he is kind of a crazy, wild-haired, uh, stubbly scientist that uh, is usually covered in blood and a little bit too gleeful about his zombie interactions. Uh, and he's quite proud of Bub, uh, who is a zombie that... Um, he's able to illustrate has some kind of retention or some kind of access to memories. Like he, he offers him these things. Um, he gives him like a toothbrush, a razor, razor and a book. And a, and a book. Uh, and he's Slot given him the toothbrush King. and the razor before. Yeah. But he'd, he'd never given, given him the book. So he wanted and the, to see. The, uh, Bob picks up the toothbrush and throws it away. Cause obviously he was not, you know, really into oral hygiene. <laughs> He picks up the razor and kind of scrapes at his face with it. And then he picks up the book and like he opens it and he looks like he's trying to read it. Like there's something going on in his head uh, where he knows kind of what to do with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then he sees, he sees the Colonel and he gives him, or he salutes him. Yeah. Or the captain. Sorry. The captain. Captain douchebag. Fuck that guy. Mm hmm. I mean, also, he wasn't wrong about Dr. Frankenstein being a freaking weirdo, but also, fuck that guy. Yeah. Um, so he salutes him. He also picks up a gun and remembers how to, like, load it. Mm-hmm. Um, which does come back at the end of the film. Um, I guess. Although, be... to be honest with you, when they pulled those guns off of them, they wouldn't have just left them on the ground like that. They would have took them with them. Yeah, probably. Like these, these are these are trained military professional. They wouldn't, they wouldn't just. Ah, we're not going to need those. Nobody's going to pick those up. Those are <laughs> never going to come back to bite us in the ass. They're no not. zombie's going to grab that gun. Well, I certainly wouldn't accept a zombie. Expect a zombie. Well, except they've already seen yeah. the zombie do it. So, I guess maybe they would have had a had a hint that that might happen. Um, so at the very bottom level of this missile silo, they have kind of these caverns or catacombs that they've got a bunch of zombies living in i thought we sort of get explained it sort of explained that um they've corralled them and they've they've fenced them in there and they'll go and pull them out sort of one or two at a time in the most awkward way possible well it's kind of the only way that you can corral a zombie though isn't it you gotta you gotta leash it in a way that it can't get to you by only grabbing it by its neck like you can't like throw a net around it is the net really that great though or like wrap it around wrap its arms and stuff i don't know like they just grab it with a with like one of those like animal control collars yeah and then somehow for some reason somebody has to get in with the zombies well no i don't think they get in with them but it's like they've got well i guess they got to open it up and bring the zombie in with them there's that well there's a little there's a little pen right they open the door they get one in there they close that door then they open from this side to let the zombie out Mm -hmm. and but they they leash him while he's in there 
The problem, I don't think, was the leash. The problem is that they kept getting that Latino guy who was too stressed out. They kept Miguel, getting him to do the leash. Miguel? Miguel Miguel was just not, he was he couldn't handle it, man. He was stressed out. He needed some sleep, and no one yeah. was letting him get a nap in, and, yeah. and that's what it was. That's what it you was. Know you, what? Gotta, you know what? Everybody, it's okay. It's okay to be overwhelmed. It's okay to need help. It is, but you got to be you got to be honest about it. And Miguel wasn't yeah. honest about it. He he, he lied wasn't. To himself. He was like he you know he just got mad at people. He's like, I'm fine. Yeah, I got exactly. This. He what didn't happened? have it. He, he didn't he have up, it. He ended up losing his arm. That's what happened. He got bit. He got and bit. And then they chopped off his arm because what else are you gonna do? You you got to chop it off. You got it. We learned that at the beginning of Brain Dead. And it's yeah. uh, it's it's just as true here. It's true. It's true here as it was in The Walking Dead. Um, except I imagine. Uh, the 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 effect of chopping off somebody's arm in 1985 is a lot harder to do than it is now. Um, they did a pretty good job with that one. They did, yeah. I mean, they did a pretty good job. There were there's some good effects in this. There's some movie. really good effects in this, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, much like, I mean, there's a lot of really good effects in in um, Brain Dead as well. Um, yeah, Brain Dead was just a bonanza. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've got, of course, the classic, as we mentioned before, the the dude being pulled into like pieces on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um. The, I like uh, the ones where like I like the ones where they were ripping their faces off and the mouth good. was yep. still going and like they obviously like dubbed it like that's got that was a puppet for sure yeah yeah uh, but those are well done yeah there was that one where that uh, the guy's head was pulled off his body that it it wasn't until it was pulled off of his body that I realized that it was a puppet oh it, okay it looked realistic enough when it was still attached that once it was off I was like whoa how'd they do it? oh okay. <laughs> Yeah, I was yeah, I was pretty impressed. Uh, and then the uh, uh, the zombie in Doctor Frankenstein's office, where he was doing all of the experiments. Actually, there's a few in there. There's the guy that like ended up sort of sitting up, and all of his guts fell out onto the ground. Um, that was cool. Yeah. Uh, and then the other guy, the guy who like only had his brain left on the table. <laughs> yeah. There was the body, and then like a little bit of the like the back of his neck skin, the back of the head skin. Uh, with the brain sitting on it, uh, with arms moving up and down. And I wasn't sure, like, if those arms... Do you think those arms were robotic? They would have had to have been, because I don't see I think it was how... a person. I think it was a person. So I think, like, the person guy was, would probably have had to have... Laying, was probably laying under the table. Oh, they, yeah. They had, like, the head prosthetic. would have had And then the have... blanket covering. And I think, like, yeah. somebody just had their arms there. And when, when they were cued to lift one, they went... He would just be on. laying a little bit back, like, from the from the hip kind of a thing, like... Mm-hmm. reclined a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would make sense. Because that was a neat effect, too. Um, that's how I would have done it. I don't know if that's for sure how it was done, but... Yeah, that's likely how, how it's done. Because that's the same thing as, like, ripping the guy apart, right? Is that his um, his lower half is underneath the set. Mm-hmm. And it's just a fake body there stuffed with, you know, animal kidneys and intestines and stuff that gets ripped apart. Um. So anyway... So we've got these groups underground. Um, they're all kind of... The military guys are getting a little bit twitchy. They kind of want to, you know, exert control over the situation. Well, there's a, new guy, there's, a, there's a new guy in charge. Is he new? I missed yeah, that. Yeah, because Captain... It was Captain Cooper. Mm. They died. She showed up and, and she's like, oh, what happened? And Cooper, he said, Cooper died. Right. Yeah. Missed that. Um, so yeah, okay. New guy in charge and wants to um, change the way things are done. He's clearly 
a little bit more violent, a little bit more prone to like shooting people. He calls a little bit more um, prone to being a little pansy ass bitch and deserting all his friends too. Yeah, well, yeah. I was going to point out that you know the the biggest dickhead in the movie is always the one who's like the most selfish too, right? Like yeah. At the end there, when they're running from the zombies, he gets into his you know the the little underground drivey uh, I don't know golf cart thing. Even though there's plenty of room for other people, he like bolts out of there before any of his buddies can come with him. And then he gets into his like safe area, locks the door. His buddy's like banging on the door, let me the fuck in. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like they they hold a meeting after he's sort of the new guy in charge. And when um, sort of the, the the female scientist wants to just sort of like fuck off back to what she's supposed to be doing, he's like orders one of his other military guys to shoot her if he doesn't if she doesn't sit down again. Which leads to kind of a tense standoff where, like, he doesn't want to do it until mm-hmm. the boss military guy pulls the gun on him and is like, shoot her or I'll fucking shoot you. And then he's like, oh, shit, okay. And he pulls out the gun and points it at her. And she's like, okay, fine, I'll sit down. God damn it. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's clear that we've reached a point where uh, things are tense and, and things could kind of erupt at any point in time. We don't know how long they've been underground like this. And we don't know how long they've been living on probably shitty military rations. And, you know, um, although one of the one of the civilians has found himself a decent supply of alcohol. So um, cheers to him. My my spirit animal, I guess. The guy, I would, the guy I would, the guy I would be if I was underground there. Uh, and and he's made himself, you know, off in the distance there, quite a little, uh, quite a little home base in a yeah. trailer with a nice sort of fake backyard with a with his nice little fake accent. Oh, the the French guy or the yeah. No, no, the he was supposed to be. Well, his accent half the time sounded African. South African, maybe, and then it was like Jamaican. Um. So obviously, as I said, like um, they're in kind of a powder keg situation under there. Things are gonna go bad at some point, and of course it does. And that point is, um, there's kind of an issue with um, zombies. One of the days that they're trying to like steer them out. Um, some zombies get loose. Miguel gets a chop in the arm. They have to chop his arm off. Uh, a bunch of the other military guys get bit. They have to get shot down. And uh, and there, it ends up being kind of two camps at that point. There's the military who's like, fuck you guys. We're not doing any more of these experiments. We're going to go in and blow them all away. And then there's the the civilians and the scientists who are like, well... We're just going to hide over here because we wouldn't want to get shot by you. And, uh... But there's a second, there's a second eruption as well. It's when they find out that Dr. Frankenstein's been feeding their dead comrades to his zombie subjects. Yes, absolutely. That's when things really go off the rails. Yeah. Which... I mean, I can kind of see that they would not be okay with that. No, Definitely. I mean, I can see where Dr. Frankenstein was coming from. Well, he kept saying throughout the whole like rest of the movie, like, they need some kind of reward. Yeah. They need I mean, a reward. That's, that's like, they were you... hinting at it. I didn't get it until like I saw him with the bucket. I was like, oh, what's in the bucket, man? Right, yeah. What's, what's in, the, in the bucket, man? What's in the box? 
<laughs> um, yeah, because I mean that's that's how you that's how you train animals. You got to give them treats, right? And and what is a zombie going to want is a treat? But uh, dead people, human bits. flesh. Yeah. So I think I, I guess mean, no. You know what they did? They did hint to that uh, a little bit. I, I I didn't really get it until now that I'm like I didn't get it either. I didn't get it either. The, but remember when they were trying to feed the zombie? some sort of weird ration yeah and the zombie wouldn't eat it yeah i think that was some foreshadowing that i missed there possibly for sure yeah because um okay but yeah i mean i can see like it's there's just no good solution there right like yeah the the, dr frankenstein certainly couldn't go to the military and be like this is what i'm doing guys is that okay because they'd be like fuck no um but then you know his work would have stopped if he hadn't been able to sort of proceed. Not that, I mean, I think, I think we kind of agreed that his work was already kind of questionable, but. Yeah. I mean, the woman, she was supposed to be working at some sort of a cure or at least some sort of like abatement, right? Like yeah. something. His was just like, I don't know. His was weird. His research was fucking weird. When they found his little like secret area, with that, the one you were talking about, the zombie with just like the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was some weird shit. Um, so yeah, at a certain point, the remaining military guys, um, sort of come to where uh, the the civilians are holed up. Um, Miguel has lost his arm. Um, the and everybody's sort of hiding out there. Mm-hmm. Now, I, the one thing we haven't mentioned is that the 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 French guy, the the French black guy. Uh, is the only one who knows how to fly the helicopter. Mm-hmm. And so the military guys come to him and they're like, we are, we need you to fly us out of here. Um, and he's like, no, I don't want to. And so the military guy has got like his gun on one of the, the, the scientists and says, well, fly us out of here and we'll shoot this guy. And he's like, no. And then so, boom, he shoots the guy, because he's a dick like that. Uh, and then he takes the um, the female scientist and uh, the alcoholic civilian and throws them into the zombie pen, like the caverns, the catacombs. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, you guys can try to survive in there. Have fun. And then the French Jamaican guy... Was like, now I'm definitely not flying you anywhere. Yeah. So they, they rough him up. And then this is when shit like really hits the fan. So they've got, like you said, the, the lady scientists and the drunk civilian running into the catacombs. The rest of the, the military guys are trying to convince um, the helicopter pilot to fly them out of there. And then all of a sudden, Miguel, I guess he realized he was infected like he felt like the fever coming and stuff. He realized he wasn't going to make it even with his arm chopped off. Right. So he gets this idea for some reason to overrun the entire complex with zombies. Yeah. And I think I'm not sure entirely what his reasoning was, obviously. Um, to me, maybe the most, the easiest explanation was that, he heard kind of what happened between the military and the civilians mm-hmm. 
and and realize that um well first of all his chances of survival were pretty slim with the one arm and and potentially being infected and he didn't want to allow the military to get away with what they did to his friends and so yeah decided to basically it takes uh, the elevator, I guess, all the way back out to the surface um, and destroys the controls for the elevator in the process. Or at least the downstairs controls. So he's got control right. of the elevator yeah. from, from the platform. From the top, yeah. Uh, and then he goes and like opens up the gate, lets all the zombies in, and then he goes and lies down on the platform, waits until a bunch of zombies come to him and start like chomping on him. And then once the platform uh, is nice and full, he hits the down button and uh, brings all the zombies back down into the um, into the bunker. Now, I think looking at the number of zombies <laughs> that were on the platform and the number versus, of zombies that were wandering through the yeah yeah, <laughs> I think there's, there's a little bit of a discrepancy. Yeah, and I also feel like if the zombies had, like, just after the platform had gone down, if more zombies had continued, like, walking off the ledge and into the, like, into the pit, they probably, I mean, they would have survived the fall, I guess, but they may not have been walking after that. So <laughs> I don't know that you can justify as many zombies. The limping dead. The limping dead, the crawling dead. <laughs> the yeah. crawling dead. Um, but, I mean, I guess you got to have a certain amount of... of uh, uh, suspension of disbelief if you want to see a bunch of zombies running around an underground in bunker. clown uniforms in clown and, outfits and yeah. uh and football uh football uniforms eating dickhead military personnel and i'll admit <laughs> i was into that um so that's what miguel did that's how the military guys get like fucked over and they're they're like right there like trying to figure out how to get out with the busted controls as the elevator comes down and they realize what's going on. Uh, that's where, like, uh, the 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 commander. What the is fuck like, was his name? I don't. I can't remember his name. Uh, the commander was like, "Fuck, uh, I'm out of here. I'm leaving all my friends behind to like yeah. fight for the Captain themselves. Douchebag. That's Captain what we'll Douchebag. Um, you get a chance to see the remaining uh, dickhead military people get taken out uh, by the zombies. Of course. Captain Douchebag is saved for uh, Bub, who uh, has mm -hmm. at this point. I don't remember how Bub got released from his chains. Well, but, he was uh, he was just he was eating, and like he's been very inquisitive. He's learned how to like use the tape recorder by himself. He's yep, kind of yep. gaining some 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 fine motor skills, um, and he sees the the clevis or the the U hook that's that's holding his chain on. It's just a quick uh, little thing, okay. and he he undoes it, and then realizes nice. that. Uh, and he's free. And he ends up wandering into, um, yeah. So like, I guess we forgot to mention that once the, the military finds out what, um, the, uh, Dr. Frankenstein has been doing with the dead soldiers, Dr. Frankenstein gets filled with, with a, a lot of bullets, with a ludicrous a number lot of, bullets. of bullets. Uh, it's one of those like very eighties action movie kind of moments where it's just like, butta, 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 and he's like, twitch, 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 and they're butta, 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 butta. And you can tell that the, that the rig that they used to do the, the bullet holes, they just did like two, 
two rows of them because all the bullet holes are in perfect lines <laughs> well, on different sections of the stomach. That yeah. maybe those military offers were just really good shots. Really good shots with Very the Very steady with the and AR. just going left to right. And that's probably what they were thinking. Okay. Like, These guys are shooting left to right, right? Okay, but do you want like let's talk about good shots because when the military guys not not Captain Douchebag, but his buddies there, they had ARs, they were shooting at the zombies, catching them in the in the midriff. You know, catching him in the chest, catch him in the legs, not taking him down, right? As soon as the scientist and the, you know, the people that were supposed to make it to the end of the movie get a hold of an AR and all of their shots hit the zombies square in the head. Right, that's so, fair. That is fair. Yeah. But maybe, maybe the scientists were just smart enough to know, hey, we got to hit him in the head. That could be too. Like, right. I think, I mean, most, well, I know, I shouldn't say military, but I, I, as I understand it, like most sort of police officers are trained if you're going to shoot somebody shoot them in the the center mass because mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's the bigger the target. Easiest target it's a big yeah. target um, um i'm gonna not quote, a great I'm, target for zombies but i'm gonna quote um i can't remember his name but he he had like a a, a site called songs to wear pants to and he used to make different little little songs people would request it was it was a fun fun time back when the internet was innocent um <laughs> But he wrote a song called Kill the Zombies by Shooting Them in the Head. And uh, I think that if that song was around in 85, that maybe some of the military bros would have made it out of there. Right. But unfortunately, um, they, they, well, they weren't privy to that information. And they were also all assholes, so I'm glad. They're yeah, good. that's true. Yeah. Racist. And they all made a big deal about the fact that the female scientists had a relationship like that was such a hot topic for them well i think yeah i mean they were very yeah very misogynistic very um yeah you know they were all like hey maybe maybe when you're done with him we can take a turn now and it's uh i mean it's and she's like that's not how it works not <laughs> yeah but i mean that is you know that is um you know you get too much bad testosterone in a, an enclosed space like that, and and stuff like that can bubble out. Um, and as much as some of the writing was a little over the top, mm-hmm. um, it was still a believable sentiment, right? That that people would that these guys yeah. would be like that because they're stuck underground. They they've got nothing to fuck. And of course, especially Captain Douchebag is going to be of the mindset that like he is the primo uh, male candidate underground that like he in modern parlance would consider himself the alpha male, right? Right. The mole, and, the mole rat King. And that's, that's who the, the female should be attracted to. I need to have my bride so I can properly rule in this underground environment. But she liked broody slaps her around Miguel yeah, well, I I think after Miguel slapped her around, yeah, they were, no, she was done. With they him. were they decided to Fuck. take a break. They were on a break by the end of the movie. She decided to take a break. She did. Yeah, Miguel was not not too happy about that. But then, I mean, yeah, I think I think that was wise though because like she literally had to uh, uh, inject Miguel with a um, a sedative, yeah, in order to force him to take a break. It's like, okay, man. We gotta, you gotta, you gotta chill. Oh, I guess we should talk about what happens to uh, Captain Douchebag. Um, Bub stumbles upon 
the dead Dr. Frankenstein and uh and just kind of kind of broke up about it. And we could we could draw the conclusion that he goes out in search of vengeance. I think it's fair to say that the movie implied that. I think so. I don't know how he knew it was Captain Douchebag. But well, who else would it be, really? That's true, yeah. I mean, I think if even within the zombies' limited understanding of things, there's enough... Like the the you know when when uh, when Doctor Frankenstein was showing off what Bub had learned, and then the military barges in, and Captain Douchebag acts like a big old douchebag. Like that would almost be enough, I think, for even in the zombie simplistic mind, and maybe because it's such a simplistic mind, for him to go, oh, it would be that guy. Mm-hmm. Like if it was if he was any smarter, he'd be going. I well, think it's I, that guy, but I don't know for sure. Do I really have enough evidence to draw yeah. this conclusion? <laughs> right? But because because of his limited intelligence, it's it's believable that he would be mm. able to just go, yep, it's the douchebag. Of course it's the douchebag. And so uh, uh, he crosses paths with the douchebag and uh, has his pistol and, you know, starts pew-pewing him. Not a very good shot. I'll grant him that, but, you know, muscle atrophy and all that. Um, does hit the guy in the back shoulder as he's running away. Um, and as he's running, I guess he hits him a couple more times because by the end, hits him in the leg, hits him in the yeah, stomach. Yeah, he's like limping and flailing around the hallways and not having a great time. But it's, I remember him like it was almost like he was calling for the zombie to follow him, like, come on. <laughs> uh, and then unfortunately, he opens the wrong door and wanders into the group of all the rest of the zombies uh, who grab him. He turns around and then they grab him. And I think in the end, Bub shoots him in the head, right? Um. Oh no, I think. No, he gets torn apart. Yeah. But Bub does shoot him one more time before shoots he him in the down. stomach. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cause it gives them a little opening that they can really get their fingers. Exactly. Into and they rip them apart at the end. That's Bub's the whole the reason he did that. I think we're yeah. underestimating Bub's intelligence. level, And then, Bob, the sarcastic motherfucker, salutes him. Salutes him. That <laughs> yeah. was brilliant. Ugh. Um. Meanwhile, our uh, lady scientist, uh, Jamaican French guy, alcoholic survivor, uh, have found the other elevator up. It doesn't work, but this one has a ladder, which I guess the other one didn't have. Or it did have, and none of them were smart enough to figure out how to use the ladder. <laughs> or they just didn't want to, like, climb that far. Anyway, um, they found a ladder. I think one so was, all... like, a cargo ladder and one was a personnel ladder. Yeah. Or per cargo elevator, one was a <laughs> Cargo person... ladder. Here, box, find <laughs> the ladder, please. <laughs> you got it, bro. <laughs> um, so they climb up. They climb up, yep. Uh, they get, to they the get a couple of close calls, but yep. they get out of there. They get to the helicopter, or they, they head to the helicopter, and um, this was an interesting sort of callback yeah. moment where one of them was like, man, I hope they filled the helicopter last night. Um, because at the beginning of the film, the woman had basically ordered the dudes not to fill the helicopter at the time because the, the zombies could see them. Which made no sense at all. They already saw you. Just fill up the helicopter. Fill it up. 
Well, I think her point, though, is that the more they see them outside, the more agitated they become at the gate. And and nobody knows, I would say, like how sturdy the gate is, how long it will last, how much pressure against it before it collapses kind of a thing. Okay. Um, but also, like, fill your helicopter, man. I, I guess she told them to do it at night. I guess that, that was... Yeah, point. exactly. Do it at yeah. night when they can't see you. But did they remember? And... Um, I was expecting the helicopter not to work <laughs> because I misremembered the end of Dawn of the Dead and I, I had the memory that it had a really bleak ending and uh, and I was like, oh man, all of Romero's zombie films are going to have bleak endings. But uh, but it didn't. And uh, Didn't they- it though? Because she opens up the helicopter and the zombie like grabs at her. And then it just, she wakes up on the beach. Oh, are you, okay. So you're, what you're saying, you think that. I think in her last moment, she was just like, man, I sure wish I was just on that beach with these two fuckers. I guess that could be because the, the, the calendar crossing off thing connects to the dream that she had in the beginning. Oh, um, which I didn't, I don't know what either of those things meant like at the very beginning we didn't mention this but before we're introduced to the characters of the helicopter we have a we see her in this this empty room by herself it's empty except for a calendar on the opposite wall uh she gets up and looks at the calendar and it's got like every day in october has been x'd off um and then all of a sudden these hands come through the wall and then she wakes up uh and at the very end of the film as Lauren was saying as she opens the helicopter door this hand comes out uh, and then it cuts to her waking up um, on a beach with um, the other two survivors are there. One of them's fishing. Everything seems okay. Uh, she looks down at a calendar and it's now November. And like November 1st through 3rd has been X'd off and she X's off the 4th. Um, and that's the end of the movie. And so, I don't know. I, I took it that... The the movie was basically her nightmare that was also mostly her memory of what happened. Um and and that yes, they opened the door and there was a zombie in there, but they managed to get rid of the zombie and fly to safety, and that she did at the end, she woke up again, and this is her life now. That's that was my read on it. Your read though was that she was killed and as she was dying she kind of gave herself this fantasy of where she wished she was that's yeah, that's the feeling i got i mean okay. yeah i don't know though i mean i think either interpretation is valid there's nothing to me in in the way and i i mean obviously i think you know you could study the film or maybe come to a conclusion <laughs> but um just on a sort of a first watch uh, I would say there's nothing that indicates a particularly right or wrong way to interpret it. So, um, I I guess I just prefer. What do you the, guys think? Yeah, what do you what guys do you think? think? Let us know. If if we're tell us t- tell us who's wrong. Write us an email with a subject line. Todd, you're fucking wrong. Or Oren, you're fucking wrong. No, don't do that polite. one. Don't do that one. Don't do, do that one? one. Okay. All right. The other one. Do whatever you want. <laughs> um. 
And that was a movie. I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it was pretty good. I, yeah. yeah, I was I was surprised. I don't know why I said it like that. Yeah, it was pretty good. I kind of thought it was good. There's I'm gonna there's stop certain, talking like this. Um, between this and Dawn of the Dead, I think there's a certain like blue, green, gray look that Romero zombies have. Mm-hmm. That's not quite. And again, it's 1985. Um, you know, so effects are not what they are now. And there's, there's just something about the, the, the coloration of the zombies that doesn't look quite natural. And maybe that's the point. Cause I guess when you get right down to it, zombies aren't natural, mm-hmm. but it's just something I notice when I watch these movies is the coloring of the skin on them. That's just like, okay, that's a particular look. That's a choice. Um, but yeah, I liked it a lot, and um, it's worth noting that this was Romero's favorite of his zombie trilogy. Um, it was okay. also supposed to be a lot longer. When he came up with the idea originally, he wanted to make what he called the Gone with the Wind of zombie films. <laughs> what? Uh, but yeah, he wanted to make it an epic. He wanted to make it a, a sort of a big, big, sprawling thing. Uh the problem was he didn't want to be constrained to uh, a rating either. He didn't want to have to make an R-rated movie. Right. Um, so as the budget shrunk, his his scope had to shrink as well. Mm-hmm. What started as, I think, a 200-page script, which is like 200 pages of, of script, generally equates to a three hour and 20 minute film. So that's where you get your um, uh, gone with the wind of, of zombie movies ended up getting cut down and cut down and cut down and cut down until you had this. Um, uh, it was released unrated and was banned, which we didn't mention yet in Ontario and the Marita- Maritimes. Um, it was, uh, they cut four minutes to get an R rating at the time. And then in 2008, it was resubmitted to the Ontario Film Review Board and it was given an R rating. Uh, and the uh, the 100 minute version or 101 minute version has also now been granted an R rating in the Maritimes. So thank you, okay. Ontario and the Maritimes, for finally unclutching your ass a little bit. <laughs> um, I don't know. I. I've seen a lot of zombie movies and and a zombie movie just two weeks ago. And I don't know. There's nothing in this that stands out as, I mean, the, the, some of the pulling apart stuff is really gross, I guess. But like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just, uh, maybe I'm, I'm desensitized. Maybe. I've been, been watching horror since I was like 10 years old. So who knows? What do you think? Was there anything in this that you thought like, oh, my eyes? No, not really. No? No, I, I can't say there was really anything in this movie that was overly shocking. Some if cool anything, effects. it would be Captain Douchebag's misogyny that was the worst. Yeah, I think that was probably, well, or the uh, his right-hand man's um, racial slurs towards Miguel. Yeah. I don't think that would fly in a movie nowadays. No, no, that's true. I was trying to think there was something he said that Oh, no, it was when he called um 
um, the the Jamaican French guy called him a jungle bunny. Mm, mm-hmm. That was yeah. like, whoa, hello. <laughs> Welcome to a level of racism that we don't get to see much of anymore. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think I give this a three and a half saluting zombies out of five. <laughs> uh, I would agree. I would absolutely agree with that ranking. I think this is the first time we've agreed on a ranking. Maybe. Yeah. I'm glad that at uh, 47 years old, I have finally now seen all three of the original <laughs> um, George Romero zombie films. I'm embarrassed that it's taken me this long to do it. but Well, uh, I'm glad at 32 and like 90% because I'm turning 33 in a month. Ooh, nice. That I've watched the first of the trilogy oh. of zombie oh. films. You should and definitely check just, out. Definitely I should check just out. watch them in reverse order. Yeah, well, okay. Yeah, that might be the best way to do it, because I would definitely recommend, definitely recommend Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead is is great. And I think maybe part of the reason it holds up as well as it does is because it's black and white. And so you don't, like, like for example, what I was saying about the coloring of the zombies in these films, mm-hmm. you don't get that. You don't get to see, like, weird discolorations because it's black and white. Um, and also, it does have a fucking bleak as hell ending. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, that's, that's been our podcast. Um, thanks for listening. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, don't know what we're doing next week. We're going to try to get back to a book fairly soon. Um, we don't want to jump on that too, too soon though. Cause you know, Orin is still super busy. We need to be accommodating and not overload him. Um, one thing we do really, I, one thing I want to, we both want to want to do, um, you know, last week we finally broke things up by doing uh, uh, an episode about an album. And so another thing we like to do is do an episode on a video game. We're just trying to figure out yes. what that game should be and what the best format to produce it would be. Like, obviously, having some actual gameplay would be fun. Maybe actually recording the whole thing while we play the game. Uh, and then maybe releasing a, a video of the gameplay and conversation as a um, as a Patreon only thing, do an audio release uh, here as a podcast. I don't know. Um, hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, we can figure out a way to do that in the next couple of weeks. Um, probably not next week, just because this one is coming together so late. Next week will probably end up being a movie again. Um, maybe another zombie movie. Maybe we'll just sort of make this zombie month. Hey, you know what? We also covered. Um Gravity Falls, and we did a zombie episode of Gravity Falls as well. That is true. We that are on true. a we are on a zombie tear right now. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's just a result of, um, like, maybe that's just what gets banned. Well, well <laughs> yeah, but I was also thinking it's like one year plus into COVID nineteen, we all have like apocalyptic ideas <laughs> yeah. and going on in our head, and uh, that's the, maybe the media that we're attracted to is like. Make us feel better about our apocalypse so that we at least go, well, it's not quite Could that be bad. worse. Could be worse. Could, Could be, be worse. worse. Um, yeah, so uh, as always, uh, you can check out links to all of our pertinent stuff at our website. It's blah, 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 media.com. B-L-A-H, 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 media.com. Got links to uh, our podcasts, our merch store, our Facebook page. There's links to our email. There's uh, links to our Patreon, where you can go and give us money if you like what we're doing. Um, there's links to our Buy Me a Coffee page, where you can 
give us money if you like what we're doing, but only do it once instead of on a monthly basis. Um, yeah, it's all there. Go check it out and uh, and do one of those things or do none of them. It's up to you. <laughs> you're you're a free person. You're a free person. <laughs> uh, also, go check out uh, Mysteries and Madness. It's a podcast yes. I do with my buddy Dave Coleman. Uh, that's it for me. My name is Todd Sullivan. And my name is Oren Barter. This has been When Bad Things Happen to Good People. Go read a fucking oh, read book. Read a fucking book. Please. <laughs>